Hey, uh, have you heard about bones? Welcome to the Boney Island Whitefish. I'm Andrew, here to talk to you about bones. The good word of the Lord. Here's so many bones for you and your family. Riley, hello. I'll just love the show Bones. No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I love watching Bones with a snag, oh. bonding snag. God damn it. I just Bl- think it's wow. real di- It's real David Boreana's areas. So I think, I think Riley's doing this to try and make our guest more comfortable. Um, you see, we have a guest with us today who has never heard another accent, and he becomes wildly <laughs> uncomfortable when he hears one. That's right. That's right. It is wonderful comedian and Twitch streamer, uh, Tom Walker. Yay! Yeah, no, Yay. it's, it's it very intense to me. Hearing Riley's natural speaking voice is like, ah, oh, that's like me, but normal. We can't be having that. So, no. The Australian accent is a deeply flawed way of communication, but it is all I have. Yeah. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. We could be South African. Oh, boy. Oh. oh, fuck me, dude. Bones, huh? <laughs> what a good show. <laughs> oh Before we get into Bones, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. But b- Bones, as b- Riley bones. would say when he's... Doing his accent. It's, I, oh I spell. God. If I wanted to spell me saying bones in an Australian accent, it's B A I H N H E S. Bines. Fuck. Bines. Yeah, that sounds right. It's always fun hearing an American do an Australian accent because it's like, at what point th- there's some lever that you're going to pull where you're like, you're going to be racist to a different country. Like you're, uh-huh. you're going to stumble into <laughs> accidentally doing like a Star Wars Episode One Trade Federation voice just by yeah, trying sure. to reach the amount of vowels that an Aussie has. Oh, fuck so- me. God damn, I got tangled in cords. Uh, I, I mean, I personally, <laughs> I can't do any, any uh- accent at all ever. I can't do any of them. Uh, every time I try to do an accent or an Riley's impression... Riley's over here making fun of how we speak and then tangling himself in cables like Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I can't do any impression, but I, what I did do is I went and grabbed this, which is the... Uh, this is a picture of the British com- of British comedian Tom Walker. I was trying to... Oh, I, I, man. I, trying to know, I want Tom to know who... Here we go. ...who his uh, British equivalent is. And if you want to open up this co- article from... The Hastings and St. Leonard's Observer, news you can trust since 1859. I don't want to open that. You'll see a picture of no, right. our Tom Walker, who co-write with, um, I don't know if you know Andrew Doyle, the guy behind Titania McGrath. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he is the play, he plays Jonathan Pye. Um, and his thing is he is a news reporter who shouts angry logic at a camera and the idea is he's perpetually irritated before he goes on. Before he goes on, uh, and that's him. Damn man, just, that's fresh. <laughs> that's freaking cool, right? He's it's basically because like the UK got 
um, I want coffee flavored coffee comedy like I don't know in 2015 like we just got that then uh, and so you know we are uh, so we're now really really like like Lewis Black is groundbreaking to us being like oh, it's, yeah, you shouldn't call soy yogurt yogurt soy yogurt that guy it's uh it's we have that but he's shouting about how like Jeremy Corbyn had a relationship with Diane Abbott before he became leader of the Labor Party in 2015 it was great Anyway, that's our Tom Walker. So, you know how, how do you how do you milk an almond anyway? <laughs> you know <laughs> why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? <laughs> uh, one of the best things I've seen is someone filmed a uh, UK Tom Walker Jonathan Pye video being filmed from a distance, <laughs> and it is perfect because it's just a video of a it's a far far shot of a man ranting and raving in a park and it's exactly the amount of dignity it deserves mm-hmm. yeah uh mm-hmm. yeah that's right perfect thank you so much yes yeah it's quite a quite a few things like that where if you take the laugh track off and a few steps back it's it's not great uh. Well, is you know? like uh, the UK Tom Walker is. I'm not sure about Australia Tom Walker, but UK Tom Walker. The whole thing is basically he's kind of like loudly agreeing with his audience, and so you you need that sort of you need to be in, fully in front of it, and it needs to be at full volume, and it needs to there basically needs to be no silences, and that's good comedy. As if you no, that's that. different to here. The yeah. audience never agrees with our Tom Walker. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the, the audience breaks Tom, uh, Australian Tom Walker's computer. That's right. Well, no, to- Australian Tom Walker does that. But it's true that I uh, I spilled water on my laptop publicly on stream. Uh, possibly the, the worst case scenario for that to happen. But also, yes, the audience does kind of form an organized rebuttal of uh, each one of my talking points <laughs> at every gig that I do. It's like a Greek chorus. (laughs) No. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Okay. Play the the breakfast update, Stinger. I've got a real doozy for you today. Oh, okay. That must mean it's time for breakfast update. I'm going to do my really underwhelming breakfast first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two slices of sourdough, butter and Vegemite on one, peanut butter on the other. Two cups of coffee. Hmm. Uh, Tom, what did you ingest for breakfast this morning? Oh, man, if I'd known this was coming, I would have had a a breakfast that doesn't make me feel ashamed. I had a Carmen's muesli bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's okay. the end of the list. Mm-hmm. All right. Any kind of beverage to go with I had it? A, uh, had, a, had a long black coffee. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. How long did that keep you going for before you had to eat something? Uh, else? Until roughly um, 4 p.m., which was the uh, wow. the, the wow. afternoon. Wait, no, sorry, 3.30 p.m. I'm, I'm backtracking oh, my mind because okay. it is in my head as the uh, the thing that I jogged home from to make this podcast recording on time. <laughs> before the, again, so just then. before we started, Tom informed us that he had to watch part of the episode on his phone as he ran home. Yes. And that's dedication. That's dedication to podcast. It's how it was meant to be yeah, seen. We love it. Yeah. That's, I, I that's, mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's one of those things where if you jog while watching half of an episode of Bones, it like syncs up with the world around you and tells you to worship Satan. Yeah, I can tell yeah, you Christo- that just like the episode of Bones, the world did seem to be getting palpably worse as I went along. Yes. Christopher um, Nolan just got goosebumps for some reason and he doesn't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Riley... Yeah. What Thanks, Andrew. Today? 
Thanks, Andrew. Uh, today for breakfast, uh, I had um, a two pieces of uh, brioche that were made by my girlfriend's father because he is uh, a sort of become obsessed with French patisserie in his retirement. Uh, on that, I spread uh, some uh, some apricot preserve with uh, her uh, herbed apricot preserve, and had that with some Gruyere and Comte. Uh, I also was able to use the best mug in the house today for my coffee. Ooh. All in all, I would say today is the kind of breakfast that we make breakfast update for. Yes. Well, some of us have kids to take to school, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was the uh, orange. It was the orange mug. Oh, today. thank you. I was, yeah, I was desperately wanting an update on what the ideal mug in your household is. <laughs> Oh, I people no, people who listen to the Boney Island Whitefish, they yeah. know there's rankings. There's rankings. I see. There's a definitive ranking of my mugs, and they know that the orange Le Creuset mug is the top mug. Ooh, that's a beautiful mug. I did get my. Uh, I did have my S tier uh, mug with all of the pigs with curly tails and many many prints of the number four on it, which sounds weird when you say it like that, <laughs> but it's beautiful. It does sound it's beautiful, weird. and I love it. Um, the the last thing send you guys we, a I want to the last thing oh yeah I'll send Tom I'll send you a picture of the mug I'm talking about you were right <laughs> to say it's nice I would love um, that you are you are a, that is a correct assumption um, the one thing is we are actually considering getting rid of all our non um, our non S tier mugs yes uh, we're con- we're considering swapping them out because like I've got one that I sort of want to hold back because it holds like a liter. Um, and it's it's from a, a really nice make, but there's a there's like a kind of I can't I don't know how to explain this other than that throughout East London there are a number of shops that just sort of exist to sell four hundred pound blankets, hmm. and that's just the nature. <laughs> They're of called the place. drug fronts. This <laughs> <laughs> is how I feel about like um this is how I feel about like the the Mirabella lighting store in Melbourne. They have mirrors as well, but like. There was one uh, just down the street from where I lived, and it was just this, like, gigantic shop front on wherever it was, Victoria Street, Um, and just just huge, gigantic shop front primarily seemed to be selling chandeliers, Mm -hmm. that thing that we all, you got to run out on Saturday morning, pick up a chandelier. Uh, And I have never, ever, ever in my life seen somebody in the store. So, you know, drug front, I assume. Yeah. No, uh, and more uh, power to them. Yeah. Our, ours is more like, um, it, it's, it's like a shop where, you know, someone has, well, like, per, like, like the, the one I'm talking about, as the, this, so they've, like, purchased a bunch of stuff from, like, Moroccan Berbers, like, and, and other kind of uh, crafts and so on. Um, but they're kind of very deeply Instagrammable. And so it is, it's a place where you can go and you can, like, you know, you could you can purchase an expensive blanket, um, but they have the most. They have really really nice mugs that I think my girlfriend has really sort of been taken with, and I think would like to, to Instagram. Mm. Um, so, and I like I like them myself. So I, we're thinking of doing a big swap and having nothing but S tier mugs, which is just a very exciting prospect. I love that for you. I've also I've spent some time in East London. Am I am I right in thinking? Uh, maybe this is the eastmost East London in in terms of like a, a I don't know categorization, but is Shoreditch East London? 
Uh, that's the centermost East London. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yes, that's very yeah. much East London. I I live not far from there. Because Shoreditch to me is. Um if you haven't been there, Andrew, I invite you to think of uh, what Disneyland is for happiness, Shoreditch is for disdain. Uh, when you can go there <laughs> yeah, and just right. feel that's it correct. projected onto you, you can feel it for the various businesses that populate its gorgeous streets. Uh, but yeah, East London is a, is, a, is a nice place, but good gracious, mm. the businesses seem like they are made up for a GTA radio ad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's exactly there you there is there is actually a business called plain white lines fuck up and it is it is a um it's a cocaine ass business like it's not that it sells cocaine but it's like it's one of these things you look at and you're like this was the product of a sesh hmm. uh, that's what this was um, I think they, they and they I don't actually know what they sell. I just they just they seem to sell no more than five things and the person who works at the shop seems to like um, seems to sort of wear a, a like thick blanket and you can tell everything's expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's East London. Well uh, speaking of the the product of a fever dream, uh-huh. we Good also transition. Have- this week's episode of Bones, season five, the only season of Bones I will ever be watching in my life. Yep. Uh, never seen a season before now, never will again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom, that is the way to watch it, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> to do one episode, get in, get out. Yeah. Uh, season five, episode 14, The Devil in the Details, a little too close to the last episode, The Dentist in the Ditch, for my liking. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, bit boring that one yeah they did also instantly reveal in the title that it was a dentist which mm-hmm. didn't come up until like a quarter of the way through the episode <laughs> this would be like awesome. if they titled uh, murder on the orient express uh like the one where all the gang did it yes <laughs> yeah. uh so this episode has a bones count of 10 that is how many times the word bones is said oh yeah okay. the duration of the episode uh, with a singular bone count of 17, we're down from the heady highs of like 26 in the last episode. People were yeah. saying bone every 30 seconds, and we loved mm. it. Uh, my favorite was the previous one where they literally said, quickly, quickly, bones, take this bone to bone storage. It's in the basement. <laughs> I have to take this bone down to bone storage. I can't, Beautiful. Said, said bones, the character. I can't emphasize enough that during that, genuinely... While you hearing you say that, my eyes unfocused. I couldn't <laughs> take. I now comprehend the concept of psychic damage. Do you know? Like, that was a brutal line to hear. Oh, this fucking but show, so man. so many good ones. Give, give us just your initial impressions, you know? I feel like... <laughs> I no, I I cannot believe this exists. I genuinely was was so struck by this show. I can't. I feel like it's dropped fully formed from uh, another reality into mine. Like finding hey, out. Hey that, Tom. Yes. Can I tell you something? Please. This is one of the most financially successful television programs in history. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is also it is it. also a TV show that exists in the reality of other TV shows. Shut up. 
Uh, Emily Deschanel appears on BoJack Horseman and talks about her character Bones in the TV show Bones. Um, and there's like, there's a spin-off. There's characters that do crossovers with other shows. I think it exists. There's in the characters world of from other girl. shows that turn up on this show. Oh my god. It's fucking yeah. absurd. This is like, okay, um, so it's kind of like when Brooklyn Nine-Nine did that weird thing. And uh, let's spare a moment of thought for our poor, brave writers and producers of Brooklyn Nine-Nine who are currently <laughs> w- working out how to pitch the new season. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, maybe they're firefighters. I don't know. Um, but like they had a crossover with New Girl where Zooey Deschanel was just in a car that Andy Samberg got into and was the New Girl character. What was the make of the car? <laughs> <laughs> and this brings us to a very interesting part of the Bones cast, I assume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we open on this episode in a church with spooky music playing. Uh, there's a priest who's uh, just chatting away to an altar boy when yeah. the altar boy starts sniffing loudly as though someone has farted. Mm-hmm. And uh, the priest explains... He gives him what I feel is the most natural explanation in the world. The new candles are smokier than the last batch. Yeah, that's right. Church candles, extra smoky. You know how how when you're getting candles and you're like, say, shopkeep, (laughs) shopkeep, how smoky are these candles compared to the average smokiness level of a candle? Hi, I'm a priest. You know when you light a candle and smoke pours off it? You're looking for a peaty candle, something with a nice smoky, earthy flavor to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do have to go out of my way sometimes to get low smoke candles when I'm going to be burning them indoors. So my Uh initial impression of this fucking show is that this is... The, the very, like, the feeling that it gives you is that not that the people writing it are not writing from experience, is that they're writing from a position of never experiencing anything. Yes. 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 Exactly this it. is the Bones experience. The, the way that Riley and I like to describe it is um, that the writers have armed themselves with Wikipedia. Yes. And and that they have been given 45 minutes to write a 45 minute long show. Yes. Okay. And that's the vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it turns out that there is a cause for all the smoke, and it's not the The extra smoky candles. candles. (laughs) Oh, it was? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. My notes are wrong. I thought it was the smoky candles, and that's the mystery, is who bought the the smoky candles? Why would someone ruin our lovely church? 40 minutes of sifting through receipts. (laughs) Who bought these smoky fucking candles? There's not many bones in these receipts. But it turns out there's a fire outside, and in that fire is the skeleton of the devil himself. (gasps) Welcome back to Bones. This is what it's supposed to be. That's right. Uh, Previous episodes, Tom, have featured episodes beginning with, um, hey, look, there's a mummy and it murdered someone. There is a leprechaun. Uh, Some Just some prime stuff. So this is, we're right back in the realms here. Now... I well hold on. First, we have some some spooky music, some flashing fire into the stinger really transition, like, in like genuinely yes. having yeah, fire awesome. engulf the screen. It's so oh good, and they God. do it like forty more times. It affected it's, me every time. It got me like it was the train coming out of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> like, um, that's, that's like, oh no, my television. Uh, that's like, <laughs> That's something the Venture Brothers would do with a sense of irony. They're just like, and then we're going to do a flame transition to the Toyota ad. 
Yes, this brings us to Bones and Booth driving along in the car. Oh, I loved it. I stood up and was like, I saluted my TV. Uh, she immediately turns, apropos of nothing, and says to Booth, Notice how I'm not tailgating? Adaptive cruise control. Mm. Now, the following thing then happens. It was so egregious that I simply had to make a clip of it and play it for all to yeah. enjoy. Mm. Yes. Driving along in the car. And you know how when you're driving along in the car and you turn to people and say things like this? What's going on here? Are we going the right way? Yes. All I had to say was St. Dominic's Roman Catholic Church into the voice-activated GPS. Car, <laughs> could you please get us there a little faster? No, the accelerator is not voice-activated. It's foot-activated like a normal car. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you're joking. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, Toyota. And, and then a fucking 20 second long <laughs> shot of the Toyota badge. So like they never have to say, wow, this Toyota is great and it's available for only five payments of 0% APR. I don't know how car financing works. Um, I think they could get away with it. And then I think it, it just that you're just zooms close in to on the Toyota badge. It might as well flash up an interest rate. Awesome. So good. That's this is the epitome of Bones is doing Toyota product placement and also acting like um, you you don't know that Booth thinks that the accelerator is voice activated. Yeah, all while you're going to investigate what might be the corpse of the devil. <sighs> this is yeah. The um, how did this scene make you feel? Duh, I was going insane because immediately I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. Does every show that isn't like. I don't know, a horror movie from the 80s, which is pretty much all I've been watching recently. Does, do all of those shows just feature explanations of how cars work, like, right at the top? Like, am I expected to come at this from that level of ignorance? But then, yeah, I don't know. It, it, the, the level of attention lavished on the Toyota was like, I don't know, I was ready for them to be like, oh, well, it wasn't, the corpse was definitely moved to the church but it looks like it was used to it was moved there in this beautiful toyota with the copious amount of storage at the back fitting this corpse and the horns yeah, it doesn't look like you could fit a corpse in yeah. there well you'd be surprised so did it die in the toyota well it would be uh, very difficult to do so with toyota's safety sense and automatic high beams pre-collision system with pedestrian detection i don't think that would be a possibility um, I'm, well, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to the solution to the mystery being something like, well, we know we, he couldn't have moved the corpse there because Toyota's uh, fuel efficiency is, is too good and he got gas too frequently. That's right. Also, uh, sorry, I want the product placement the, to be a clue. Yeah, this is not the first time this has happened in an episode of Bones. Yeah, no, I immediately Googled Toyota Bones <laughs> after finishing this episode because I was like, there has to be... Oh my god, dude. Yeah, there's there's so many of these scattered across every season. In fact, the one review I found of this episode was like, well, there's a lot of Toyota talk this episode. I think it must be their annual Toyota episode, like last season's and then the name of an episode. So I guess every year they have to pay the piper. That's how you become one of the most financially successful shows on television. Yeah, have a main character that is a car. (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing right like uh uh you know leonardo da vinci uh and so on like he had the medicis as his patron like michelangelo same thing yep. like geniuses need patrons and hart hansen has toyota canada's own hard can i can we hear that clip again just because hearing it really drives home how <laughs> half-assed it is because watching it i'm 
a fool and I'm just distracted by the hot people. But vocally, but then, this performance is not great from so anyone. It's so flat. Here we go. What's going on here? Are we going the right way? Yes. All I had to say was St. Dominic's Roman Catholic Church into the voice-activated GPS. Car, could you please get us there a little faster? Beautiful. Into the voice-activated uh, GPS. God damn it. <laughs> and of course, their trusty Toyota drives them directly to the aforementioned church. Couldn't have solved uh, this, this mystery without our Toyota. <laughs> this uh, perfect opportunity. Toyota, find course. criminal. <laughs> <laughs> God, that is, here's the, Tom, you joke. That is the exact kind of thing that they would have Booth say <sighs> and then Bones respond to with, well, if you knew the criminal's address, I'm sure the Toyota would be able to get us there just fine. But you actually have to use the GPS, fu- the voice-activated integrated GPS functionality in the 2010 Toyota Prius a little bit differently. The Toyota Pri- the this Toyota features a wonderful augmentation to the pedestrian detection where it also scans the skull makeup of every pedestrian <laughs> to detect possible <laughs> criminals through an advanced phrenology. It is yeah. oh through what God. some are called through, through it, its patented Maltese detector. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the church scenario obviously presents itself with copious opportunities to for uh, Bones to be like a complete piece of shit about somebody believing something she doesn't believe, uh, which begins immediately when Father Patrick says, uh, I have no idea what I'm going to tell our congregation. He has horns. And Bone says, yes, that would have great meaning for your superstitious followers. Like the uh, dick that she is. I was really hoping for like a very 2009 flying spaghetti monster reference. To I kind mean, of work its way in there. She might you you might as well just write it in there, given that she's like she at one point she says I, in other fictional books uh, like the Bible, mm. where it's like <laughs> it's like it's like, this is this is just someone who like okay because uh, like in on in like two thousand five two thousand four two thousand five four Chan before it went fascist was really a lot of people like being like uh, I just put all the Bibles in the bookstore into the fiction section, uh, trolled Christians, because it was a lot of like new atheists on there. And that's just this. This is this is this is 2005 era 4chan humor, which is awesome. It is beautiful stuff. Um, Booth is freaking out because he is a sensible Catholic cop stereotype. Yep. He's uh, he's freaking out. He says, uh, Bones, that looks like a demon. And I immediately set a stopwatch. Uh, I noted that it was two minutes 45 on the episode and I began counting down to the show immediately telling me that it is not a demon. Mm-hmm. Because this is how this show works, Tom. What they uh-huh. like to do is before the credits roll, they set up a tantalizing proposition then they immediately tell you that it is not that thing. Gotcha. They don't spend the whole episode figuring it out. And just before the end, they say, oh, here's the rational explanation. They set up something intriguing. They dash any any sort of possibility of anything intriguing happening. And then they spend the rest of the episode doing stupid forensic shit. This is kind of like, so it's kind of like uh, Bones is the 90% of the X-Files that don't make it to air. Where Mulder turns yeah. up to see, I don't know, the grab ass demon, and it turns out that it's just a guy. And he's like, ah, well, now I gotta f- file all this. Just a drunk paperwork. guy in a bar. 
Mm. But I want to believe. What it is, is it's Scooby-Doo where they begin with the unmasking. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It really is. Uh, So I I immediately start counting down to this. uh, It is funny watching uh, David Boreanaz freak out because his partner is talking like uh, the professor that gets punched in the face by a Marine in a Facebook meme he shared last week. Yes. Um, He's just like, surely you have to believe it. The horns. It can't be real. Mm. And then, of course, we are treated to the Bones theme. Thank you, Crystal Method. God damn it. I'm going to a nightclub in Las Vegas. Uh, We get the credits. More cool spooky flames when we come back. There's scary shots of the demon, which is wearing shoes. (laughs) That's the scariest bit about it. Ah. (laughs) The shoes do become integral to the plot, unfortunately. That's why they give you a big lingering shot of them at the very start of the episode. Uh, so, Tom, we are then shown this intern, uh, Aristotle. Holy shit. Now, something you need to know about this intern. He has been in one other episode of this season. The interns show up for an episode and then they disappear for about five episodes straight. They just have a rotating cast of interns. You never know when they will appear again. He was on a previous episode and I assume in previous seasons... Well, well, no, he had a he had a thick Middle Eastern accent. Oh my god! And it like slipped, and everybody was like, "What the fuck just happened?" And he went, "Time to come clean. I have been pretending to be very Middle Eastern in order to make you more comfortable with the idea of me, a Muslim man." And everybody went, "You fucking sneaky Muslim!" Oh my god. So it also involved, like, uh, I'm going to say a pretty copious amount of him having to make all of his co-workers comfortable with the fact that he is Muslim. Mm. Is that a fair mm-hmm. assessment of it, Riley? Oh, very much. His whole character is like, don't worry, I'm just like you. And then a colon and then a close parentheses. <laughs> I'm just like you. And then whispering, but brown. Yeah, brown. That's true. It, it, it's kind of a callback, a little bit to uh, to the last episode of this show, where we noted that like there were a lot of characters, there were a lot of minority characters, and the point of the episode was like was the writers being like, yeah, well, she's Indian and normal, uh, and it's like <laughs> fuck off, uh, fuck off, yeah, yeah. Like, like how, fuck how off do you feel now? You. Yeah, yeah. And so the, basically, any time Aristu comes on, it's always like he's Iranian, but he's not a terrorist. Maybe you need to re-examine your prejudices because you assumed he was a terrorist. Yeah, they get Aristu on like, there for the like the company baseball game, and they're all, everything's normal except obviously he gets his bat out of the bag by playing the to have it yes, wibble yeah. out of the basket. But other than so that, he's normal. That does Somebody asks him if episode, he wants a basically. hot dog, yes. and then they all go, "Oh, but you don't eat pork, do you?" I think uh, so. On the previous episode, my favorite part of the previous episode, which was a low point in the season, yeah. was when they were investigating the murder of a of a gay dentist who also played on a football team, a local football yeah. team, and they went to the football team and said. Did one of you macho guys murder him because he's gay? And they said, 
hey, Agent Booth, let me introduce you to this football team. We're all gay. And wow. <laughs> entire entire butch gay football team. Which again, real by the based as people told us in the comments, based on it was a rip from the headlines episode where they saw a news story about like a gay football team and they were like, Well, we've got our concept for the next episode of our murder show. <laughs> Time to steal that whole thing. Uh-huh. So, uh, Aristu's here, he's checking stuff out, uh, the accelerant for the fire that this devil was burning in was common motor oil, uh, the corpse also had a vestigial tail and horns, and everybody's like, whoa, real bone horns, uh, except that it's coral, you idiots. Ah. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, so, Angela arrives and says, um, uh, definitely not a demon, Six minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, so they made it four minutes from the point of saying, I can't believe this is a real demon. And that's yeah. if, I guess it's three and a half minutes if you take out the 30 seconds that the credits runs for. At this fair, point, that's long for them. That is long for them. At, at, at this point, I felt like I had a grip on the tone of the show because mm-hmm. I've never watched the show before. Don't know a single thing about it. Didn't know that David Boreanaz was in it, which would have helped me be like, oh, this is a, this is a stupid show. With an idiot in mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> but, like, to me, I was just watching a crime show. The first thing they started on was a priest and a kid. And, like, I've watched a lot of SVU and I just thought, oh, okay, this is going to be, like, a very upsetting yep. show. Like, a gritty take on, oh, there's a demon. And then we just had the <laughs> fire coming at the screen like I am on a dark ride. And this, the amount of, um, like, again, like you said, Wikipedia knowledge that was delivered (laughs) as, like, off-the-cuff observations. Stuff that would get you, I assume, bullied out of the police for knowing in any kind of regular (laughs) workforce uh, is so insane. I, th- I think it's it in is. this scene, right? Where, like, there's... I don't know. It, to you guys, this may well all be just white noise by now. You know, this is as natural to, as a fish... Uh, as water is to a fish. But to me, having Bones turn and be like, oh, well, yes, in the 17th century, of course, the, you know, this specific man was known for this specific... Where it's like, uh, you didn't... No one knew that. The writer just w- Googled fact for my episode and came back with that. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think um, very frequently people say that type of stuff about like the compounds that make up a particular thing and everybody else goes, yes, I also knew that. Um, Everybody else knows. And the the knowledge is also highly dependent on whatever they need to say in that particular scene. Like I think in the previous episode, um, there was like some some type of tree or something that was in the person's boot seeds that were like stuck in their dead body uh-huh. and uh hodgins has said offhand oh yeah there are a bunch of places where that type of tree grows within 30 miles of this place but none in the immediate vicinity it's like how do you have you memorized like where every type of tree grows in america in clusters 
in every state. But what that means just, is probably there's like uh, there's someone out there pulling down six figures for looking at the script and being like, I think we can cut these three scenes where Hodgins pulls out his phone, uh, Google's what <laughs> plant that is and where it grows, and then goes through a, some strenuous cross-referencing. And they're like, you're a genius. This way we can fit yeah. so much more racism in our bones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the sweet marrow. Yeah. Um, no, the uh, it's what I what I always love, right? Is 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 the um, the constant like yeah? Uh, oh yes, this is the coniferous exposition tree, you know, <laughs> where it uh, it yields plot seeds that advance whatever you're doing by about four minutes or so. So, um, Angela says, turns out he's the only missing guy with horns. Uh, brings Epic. up a very photoshopped picture of this guy. <laughs> Just yeah, just a guy who they didn't even use the fucking um, smoothing tool. They just like j- just layered a couple of JPEGs and called it a day. Yeah. Like, oh, give him make- a give him a gigantic eyebrow ring. That's scary. We're gonna make him, but we're gonna give him horns, but no visible tattoos. <laughs> some of the uh, some of the crackling some of the crackling dialogue that we love in Bones when Bones says, well, "Where was his last known residence?" and Aristu says, "I'm guessing Mr. Stephen King's basement." Uh, but it turns out it's actually, and we're getting getting very woke here, the Havenhurst Sanitarium, where he was being treated for schizophrenia. So we're going to get into some great portrayals of mental health here. Yeah. What do you what do you think What do you think the writers of Bones think schizophrenia is? Is it just like weird disease where you're weird? <laughs> Honestly, I think they think it is a week off. They're like, hey, <laughs> hey, do you have the motive for this week's Bones? No, but I have this cool new word. Trust me, don't try and spell it without looking it up first. You won't get through it. <laughs> don't, I don't think anyone calls anything a sanitarium anymore, and I don't think they have since, like, the 1930s. This- oh, yeah, this was definitely, like, an accident, accidental time travel back to, like, you know, again, when, like, when being Italian was considered a, a mental disability. <laughs> uh, this guy likes his meat only in balls. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I prescribed 50 take, take, cc's take of cold steel pressed to the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> mm. this, Mama mia! Yes, <laughs> this this Sicilian has grown horns, which one in a hundred Sicilians, of course, do. Um, <laughs> examining it, the cure. Examining. Oh no! Sorry, you go ahead. Say the cure is to take the warm airs of Arizona. I had a nothing thing to say. Please do your one. Oh, no, just uh, interesting. The patient seems to uh, exhibit a severe attachment to their mother as they seem to evoke them every time they jump or fall into a pit of lava. <laughs> the Italian is struck with awesome. a constant com- uh, impulse to traverse difficult terrain by jumping, sometimes in sets of three, each one with a different exaltation. <laughs> I've examined his boot treads and there was a lot of mushrooms stuck in there. <laughs> so uh, we're back at the FBI. They're interviewing this, this uh, crazy dead- person. Sorry, one more. This crazy person <laughs> the, appears to have been stepping on grapes in order to make wine as opposed to drinking a much more sensible uh, Protestant wheat tonic <laughs> that, that has been known to prevent orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> The Sicilian so, uh, seems to have been with a woman not his wife. <laughs> Perhaps the Sicilian was confused, knocked on the wrong door. There's no answer for such chicanery. 
<laughs> Welcome to the rest of the episode where we describe <laughs> different ways that 1870s American officials would, would have described uh, Italians as mentally unwell. <laughs> oh, oh, what's Bones? Never heard of it. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the old-timey racism cast. <laughs> the Italian seems to subsist on a meal of, entirely of lines covered in red. Yeah. A bowl of this will keep the Italian eating for some time. Actually, Booth, oh. Italians are related to humans. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. now, it looks like the... Are you saying that the victim was Italian? Five minutes later, Angela comes in. No, of course the victim wasn't Italian. They don't have skulls <laughs> like you or real. They were a human adopted into an Italian family. That's why you can see the expanded brain pan for non-meatball oh. thoughts. Oh, boy. I, now, anyway, in fairness, what are we talking, I don't, what is our show about? <laughs> I don't think we can actually outdo the racism of the real episode of Bones that we... Uh, are talking about here so okay. we're gonna breeze along to that so it makes us look not as bad uh booth is interviewing the mom and brother at the fbi they're both sad um Aww. he went crazy and he killed a cat and he said he was the devil then he went off his meds and went to hospital mm. yeah again this uh, is what happens this they just googled mental health symptoms and then they just lumped a bunch mm. of them together they were, what are the worst mental health symptoms we're gonna call that schizophrenia uh he went crazy yeah i'm in jail so for having lab. mental health Ah. Um, they're they're really they're, they're given they're giving away they're giving away everything too early in this episode. I think in retrospect, where that you know for some reason the corpse still had boots on despite being burned down to a skeleton in all other forms. Um, they've pulled off the boot of the body, and he's got gangrene on his on his foot. And Cam says, "I've seen this before." where junkies inject heroin between their toes. And she looks mm-hmm. at the camera. Um, and I was like, no, oh, just show me the foot. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> wipe oh. that gangrene off there. And give me a good look at that one. Save that gangrene, oh. though, because we got another guy who's really into that. Hello. <laughs> mm. oh. Me appearing on the edge of the screen. <laughs> so uh, Hodgson says, I finished my analysis of the contents of the boot treads. A lot of mushrooms in there. Uh, within the treads, I found peat moss, sand, and perlite, also known as potting soil, as well as seeds from a plant commonly known as Christmas roses. Oh, man, this from fucking line. From the genus Hellebore, he says, and then goes, sorry. <laughs> I'm assuming the writers also said sorry to each other. Yeah, so, sorry about that. And, and then all the characters turn to you, the audience, and say sorry. Even more interesting, though, and of absolutely no consequence to the rest of the episode, is the legend that Hellebore is the key ingredient in a potion meant to summon the devil. We will never revisit this. Yeah, you know, a potion, a key ingredient in a potion meant to summon the devil. Just, uh, so hey, if a cop knows to... the ingredients to a potion, you got to take their badge and gun. <laughs> like oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Are you suggesting? Are you suggesting uh, a kind like that? There is like a Wicca for cops. <laughs> well, I mean, there kind of is in that they do believe that certain traits are linked to certain things endemic to birth, but I don't think it's the zodiac. <laughs> no, I I kind of just really like the idea of like a cop love potion. <laughs> Like, this is how I'm going to make Janice in evidence storage finally fall for me. 
<laughs> okay, now this this says that I have to plant some uh, uh, hemlock under my pillow. <laughs> I'm gonna make a potion out of uh, three kinetically discharged shells from a Mossberg, uh, two two grams of evidence, and um, a, uh, a a liter of perp blood, it's and then I'm gonna mix it under the sky on uh, what is tactically a new style moon, <laughs> at which point I will be able to uh, obtain tactically obtain the love of Janice from evidence processing. <laughs> I'm having fun with this. I'm also having fun with the idea of a um, cop scientist being like, anti-meta and meta, but also we have discovered a third form of being. Blue lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I think I really like the idea of, uh, of, of cop reality where uh, everyone from professors to scientists to like, everyone's people, a cop. Everyone's a different kind of cop. It all talks like cops. And, just uh, and extremely a cop. And and then Bones is just about cops who are mega cops. <laughs> and they're constant oh god, yeah, awesome. Let's let's just think about cop reality. Can I tactically ascertain that your order consists of the following ingredients <laughs> assembled into a, a gang or uh, which henceforth will be called burger? Yes, that will be involved in this officer involved eating. <laughs> Uh, uh, would you would you like fries to uh, back up? <laughs> would you like me to plant some fries? <laughs> oh oh oh! How do these get in here? <laughs> Could you tactically remove the pickle from twixt uh, bun and patty? Uh, I cannot comply with that as they are assembled at uh, the uh, but the burger weapons manufacturer. <laughs> uh, the duty sergeant has to approve any kind of uh, tactical depickling. <laughs> I would like to complain to the manager on duty as uh, as a result of my poor uh, burger discipline. I have once again bit my finger. I forgot to remove it from between the burger and the bun. Uh, a a a uh, a minority style perp has bitten my finger in my hamburger. <laughs> officer down. I've been placed on leave without sides. <laughs> oh, leave without sides. Ja, 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 ja. So, uh, all right. What are we talking about? Cop world. Right. Cop world. Cop world. We are in cop world. Don't well. Don't worry because we are still going to have plenty of massive abuse of rights from the cops in this show, who are also the heroes That's true. which we love. Mm-hmm. We are. Uh, we take sweets. We go to the scary sanitarium. It's raining. There's thunder. Mental oh, yeah, illness I, is frightening. The sanitarium exists in Halloween world. <laughs> it's cold. What's it fucking called? Uh, I, I wrote down the name of the place. It's like Havensburg. <laughs> Like they like there are like ten different episodes of Bones happening in this sanitarium concurrently. (laughs) Hey, so we got a visit to sanitarium. It's only a short ride to Spookyville. Can I take the Toyota? (laughs) We got to drive over to the scary part of town. (laughs) Oh yeah, the sanitarium. Oh, that's over there in the Halloween district. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's Cop Town and Jack Skellington Town, and the two sides of town hate each other. 
Uh huh. So yeah, they 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 definitely. I love that they they do go drive to essentially um, a a a like suburban Halloween house. Has huh. <laughs> gotten way too over the top with the decorations. So um, when they get there, there's a real one flew over the cuckoo's nest vibe going. Uh, they ask about like whether whether Neil, the dead devil man, had any conflicts with any other patients, and uh, the head psychiatrist guy says physically, no. Uh, case and they say, well, we've illusions. asked all the questions we can. Let's head out in the Toyota. <laughs> no physical. Well, all right. Well, uh-huh, well, Toyota, physically, take us to no. the next. Take us to the next place we need to go. Toyota, <laughs> take us control. to Clue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well yeah i mean the episodes would be very short if they could just say uh toyota please take us to murder perpetrator (laughs) well hey you know what uh the hey the uh the the nerds at toyota are definitely working on that Uh, so um so they ask if if he's had any beef with anybody and they say no but he did have arguments with this lady <laughs> who with this lady Nevaya, uh who is sitting painting at an easel which is conveniently facing away from the camera mm-hmm. uh and they they say hey do you want to talk to these these cops and Nevaya says god warned me you'd be here with questions how else would i have known to have this ready for you and she turns around the painting tom can you please describe the painting it's the for fucking me? guy with the horns but he's on a cross and she's on the <laughs> ground and she's sticking a fucking spear <laughs> in his side and then the paint the fucking bones this cunt goes on to say oh wow it's obviously the spearing of jesus by the lance of longinus except she's painted her face over Lon- over the roman soldier who speared jesus in the side like she says all of that out loud it's so good of- it's so good we cannot trust the audience to do anything for themselves in this show and that's the way we like hey, it. hey what's uh-huh, that guy doing up on that lowercase t Sir, please tactically ascertain yourself from the lowercase t. (laughs) Immediately pulling their service weapons and shooting the shit out of the painting because they think he's come back from the dead. I feared for my life and the lives of my fellow officers from a crucified demigod. Um, Here's the other thing, right? Like, she then is like, they then notice it's like, wait a minute. The spear of Longinus poking into the, the kneel on the cross in the painting, it's exactly where his wound was in real life. And then there's but a Doesn't that break. like never come up again? No, never. It never comes up again. And I think they pretty much drop it from the final verdict. Like it doesn't in the end, sorry to jump forward, but in uh-huh. the end they're like, Well, he got bonked on the noggin. He got electrocuted yeah. and bonked on the noggin. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. No, it didn't get fucking stabbed by anything. Yeah. And also, equally um, so I get, that's an, an, an area where I think this was just an, an error the writers made, and because they have 45 minutes to write a 45-minute episode of television. Um, it's not a lot of time for editing. Yeah, not a lot of time for editing. So you maybe, you know, again, I, I guess I said this, I've said this in previous episodes, but it's actually quite naturalistic, because that's how life works. A lot of threads just never really resolve themselves. You just sort of keep it's on true. carrying on. So like that's why yeah, The Sopranos, which was such a brilliant show, um, they're... That's with, no like, bones. 
Piaf has no bones. Uh, people would just, uh, characters would sort of drift in and out, and threads would not get resolved. And, but it was, it was this naturalistic painting of the life of Tony Soprano. It's not a procedural. It's, it, is, it's, it's, it is supposed to be naturalistic. And uh, Bones does... Unfortunately, this is supposed to be a procedural. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like someone tried to do a photorealistic painting and ends up doing Impressionism. It's very strange. So so they inform us that Nevaeh believes herself to be the earthly manifestation of the angel Uriel. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she says, I only tell the truth. I'm a sexy angel. Yep. Oh, she, imagine she's doing a lot yeah. of like. Also, of note, she's uh, she's a gorgeous blonde dame, and that is like a pointed reveal because she's revealed from behind the canvas that she's painting on, and they immediately chuck a shot of I don't know, you guys all know the name of it, the fucking brain dweeb who accompanies them, who looks like sweets. Jared Kushner. Oh, sweets. Yeah, yes. sweets <laughs> is like whoa. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sweets's badge starts popping off of his chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they make a they do make a big point when they're interviewing this lady. They make a point of saying, uh, "We shouldn't have Bones come in here with us, and because uh, she's gonna fuck it up." And she's like, "What do you mean?" And one of the psychiatrists said, "Well, if Navia told you she was an angel, something she believes with her whole heart, how would you respond?" And Bones says, in typical Bones fashion, "I would tell her that angels don't exist, except, of course, in works of fiction such as the Bible and in children's books such as the Bible." So, yeah, this is oh. the point where I was like, they "Okay, only, this they only exist in books I've moved to the fiction section of the store." Bones fucking would like genuinely approach a kid who was trying to bond with her and be like, "Playing shop, are you? Well, I assume I can see your small business application and what area of tax <laughs> you're inserting yourself into." Like, genuinely, you- this what, what what are you talking about? You do know that that money is not legal tender, yeah. right? Mm. Playing Monopoly and just being like, you don't owe, you don't actually own any of these properties. And but by, by the way, it's very difficult to purchase a street in one transaction. <laughs> you came to be a cowboy fighting Native Americans, but your trigger discipline is a very wanting. <laughs> Interesting, and you think the, that um, the, the, you will be able to strike the pinata without being hit back in turn. Hmm. Have at you. Mm. So there's a lot of like scary music every time this woman says anything and looks at, at another member of the cast or anything, and then we never see her again. Yeah, ever. It's, she's she's basically like imagine the stage direction she would have gotten. That's like oh, I hear some uh, ice clinking in the background. Pretty nice. Oh, oh sorry, uh, I was I was I was <laughs> drinking some fr- some 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 previously frozen water. You're no, allowed hey, to do that. It's you're legal. allowed to do that. I was just say it sounds pretty good. Ah. Oh. We're um, a, we're a pro drinks podcast. Oh, thank yeah. God! It's just because we we're usually record a pro morning. fluids podcast. I'm, I'm <laughs> drinking coffee, and Andrew's on the freaking Forsters. Oh, jeez! <laughs> this is like uh, genuinely. It reminds me of the. Do you guys ever watch The Good Place? Hold on. Yes. Here's, here's some yeah, solidarity for you, yes. Tom. Here's some solidarity. Thank you. There's uh, what's left of my ice cubes. Yeah, I did watch The Good Place a few episodes of it because I was like, huh, this is an interesting concept. And I was like, ah, they're doing the shirt joke again. Yes, I watched all of The Good Place, but there is a character in The Good Place who is an American actor. Um, an American actor portrays this character 
and she is Australian, and her accent is genuinely so bad that it made every Australian <laughs> watching this be like, well, that has to be a demon in disguise because this is genuinely inexcusable. Uh, in fact, it was a professional actor doing their best. But <laughs> it was like genuinely, it's impossible to watch it and be like, "Oh, this is, th- 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 this is, this can't be how we sound to you." But it is. Uh, it is. Yeah, they just I- can't do it. They can't do it. My th- my theory is that like if you if you had spent your entire existence up to that point having to do hard R's for everything, mm. mm-hmm. so that's that's my my theory about why a lot of Australians can do American accents and not the other way around is the it's it's easy to go from like soft r's to hard r's but probably not so easy to go the other way around otherwise mm-hmm. you wind up saying banes despite <laughs> there being no r's in it yeah exactly <laughs> um anyway uh, here's another thing um which is wait two things ah oh, shit i forgot i forgot both the things <laughs> oh yeah i remember the thing i remember the first thing what kind of stage direction do you think the woman playing Navaya was given like be as creepy and arch as possible never blink and keep your eyes open really crazy it up like a crazy person would do you know do your biggest eyes yeah Yeah. remember you have mental health so kind of use that however you want uh but we're gonna want to be uh spooked out by you you are having an an extremely case of mental health yes so, um, Bones is still hanging out in the sanitarium. Uh, she gets punked by a patient who is like, I'm a doctor. And she goes, yes, cool. And then somebody else comes up and is like, he is not a doctor. And Bones goes, damn. Ah, I thought I was smart. It turns out I've been humbled. A lesson that will last for the rest of this scene. Uh, so, we then go back to the lab. And now the racism truly begins. <laughs> Uh, Aristu is looking at a skull. So you think you can racism? <laughs> yes. Aristu is looking at a skull from the video game Doom. And so Cam at this point comes in and he says something about like, um, I think earlier in the episode, you know, he had said, he had made a few comments of like, uh, what, what devils and demons are supposed to be in, in the context of Islam. And they all go, what? Mm. And look at each other weirdly. He's not saying like, um, "Hey, I believe in the devil, and the devil is here, and I can see him right now," or anything. So, um, so she presses him about this. He sort of he makes some offhanded comment, and she like presses him about it. So he says, uh, "What if, despite her insanity, the thing that the young woman saw was in fact evil?" And Cam says, so you do believe in the devil? Uh, And he says, well, you know, whatever. Whatever I said before. He kind of brushes it off and she presses him and says, no, you told me what your religion says, not what you believe. Oh, my God. Can't you fucking work with a Catholic? You you work with a man who (laughs) eats God every on a weekly fucking schedule. Like he's been crossing himself and freaking out in the church. Yeah. Oh, and also. Also, like, you pressed this guy to, to continue with this conversation, and you're his manager. 
So he says, I know Shaitan to be real. I've been in his presence. I look into his eyes every day. And Cam looks like she is shitting all through her pants. <laughs> she does a face that indicates that she is taking an absolute five alarm dump in her own pants. Oh my God. And again, I'm like, you like he, he made a comment. You pressed him about his religion, a very personal matter. And then when he gave you a polite answer, like wouldn't accept it and continued to press him further. And then when he said, okay, this is what I actually think. You're like, I can't believe you said that to me. After me, your boss forced you to say it. (laughs) And it's going to get so much worse. Oh, yeah. So we're in the lab. Uh, usually Angela is doing fucking stupid stuff like facial reconstructions, but now she's producing some real useful evidence through art analysis. This is, yeah, she's not- I have this in my notes as they <laughs> use magic to look at the painting because uh-huh. this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. As well, opposed to well, all of first, the stuff you saw subsequently. Yes. At, that first- po- at, the point, at this point in the episode, this was the dumbest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen. You had commemorated it as the dumbest thing you'd seen in that point yep. in your life. So um, so she says, uh, I assisted an art therapist in college. That's her qualification. Um, you can take one look at Van Gogh's starry night with the dark blues and the violent brushstrokes. Yeah. No wonder he killed himself after painting it. No wonder he killed it's himself one- after it's- painting it. It looks like shit. It doesn't even look so, uh, like a regular night sky, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking it's, idiot. It's, it's the one painting. It is one painting. You know, it's, it's um, the, if, if you're going to talk about a painting, you better talk about Van Gogh's Starry Night because no one else knows about any other paintings. Well, it is perfect for the audience of this show, though. Uh, maybe she could have talked about the Mona Lisa, though. I think that probably would have been easier. Yeah, one of the two paintings. I'm actually shocked, considering that it is this show, that they did not show us... A picture of Starry Night. That is crazy. And, but it's like, again, <laughs> coming back to the fact that this is like one of the most financially successful shows, you have to make oh, something. Oh, sorry. Oh. Oh, I, I should have done that 15 minutes ago. That's yeah. the sign that we have already spoken for longer than the episode actually goes. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I should have done it 15 oh minutes my ago. God. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. We're going to have to speed this up. Yep. It's like oh we boy. say every episode of the Pony Island White Fish. Yeah, it is. But she says, hold on a second. The topography of the paint indicates uh. that there's something under here. Supercomputer, enhance. <laughs> uh, and her computer magically just waves its wand over the picture. Looks like this was painted on something completely- called canvas, which I recognize yes. from my days as an art therapy assistant. That's <laughs> right. Uh, and hey, it's, it's the nurse from... From the, the sanitarium and he killed the devil. So we go back to Havenhurst. And it's time it's time scary mental health. Uh, and it's time for the standard uh, abuse of rights that happens in every episode. So we're talking to the uh, the nurse who is leaving the grounds at this point, and they stop him just before he gets out of the gate. And they show him the the stupid painting and say, You recognize this? And he says you're not treating that like evidence, are you? Quite reasonably. Uh, and so they say, hey, why don't you pop the trunk? And he says, what? Unless you've got a search warrant, which I'm guessing you don't, then no. Again, pretty reasonable. And Booth says, 
hey, look at this, and points to a sign on the security booth of the place he doesn't work that says, all visitors and employees agree to vehicle search on entry and exit, so we don't need a search warrant, right, Bones? <sighs> Very cool. I think we can all agree. Yeah, so yeah, just a little bit of police harassment. Um, uh, get based of po- police harassment of a black guy based on nothing. Yeah, based but on someone based who has on a painting, a, a painting by someone with a uh, delusion that they are an angel because they. Uh, and let me check my notes here. They have uh, bones schizophrenia, which means that their brain is trying to uh, escape through their ears to the outside world. Yes, uh, right. that is the kind As of the evidence of that we like health. on this show. So uh, they, they pop open his trunk, they find swords and nunchucks, uh, mm-hmm. and then another compartment which has drugs and heroin. Looks like we found the devil man's heroin dealer. But, but then look at the uh, time that's elapsed in the episode, and you're going to be like, hmm, there are going to be at least four more people they accuse baselessly of a crime <laughs> before we Yeah, that's get the to time it. that's elapsed in that episode, not and, this episode. And, and nothing... And nothing that will that is happening now is going to have any bearing on the actual crime at all. Nope, never does. So uh, we're now in the FBI doing an interrogation. This is the most I have ever agreed with Booth when he says, why don't we start with your dorky martial arts stuff? <laughs> yeah, Lloyd the I- Nurse says, nunchucks and shuriken aren't dorky. They are the weapons of a true master. Again, why this is in there, uh, just no bearing on anything at all. Just being like, hmm, we need to give this character some depth so it's not just we're writing a like a black drug dealer. Yeah. They were like, I know. Let's make him a nerd. Let's make him a weeb. Yeah. And um, they also, of course, had to give us the, the red herring of potentially one of these things being a murder weapon. So he explains that he exchanged uh, the heroin for Niels's uh, meds because the heroin finally made him act cool for once, which we can all identify <laughs> with. Yeah. Drugs, uh, made, he, don't, you don't get it. Drugs made him cool. Yeah. On those SSRIs, he really wasn't getting into the Velvet Underground at all. But since yeah, then, he was, the mixtapes I made him have really been hidden. <laughs> He was diagnosed with killing my vibe. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he was like, hey, I'm a good guy. I take Neil's drugs and I give them away to homeless people who need them. And Booth is like, whatever, I'm going to charge you with many crimes. And when we never see him again. Yeah. Uh, so back in the lab. So, so I, I get I get what I copy down what Booth says. He says uh, that Neil was like, wait. Do you believe that I was trafficking drugs? Uh, blah 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 blah. Like basically, the, the nurse has a sort of illegal but like reasonable, you know, within the bounds of Bones ex- explanation for everything. And Booth says it doesn't matter what I believe; it matters what I can prove. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> hmm. I'm. Don't worry. I'm going to do everything I can to get you locked up. Yes, that's the most important thing. So it's time for racism too. Uh, we are back at the lab and Cam and Hodgins are whispering to each other. And Cam says, Aristu says he looks at the devil every God day. God damn it. Uh, Hodgins says, well, maybe he has low self-esteem. And she goes, you know what they call us, right? Uh, and Muslim says, they? And she says, Muslims. Some Muslims, the ones over there trying to kill us. Uh, 
<laughs> and these are the good guys. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, they're and over there in this... just past Spooky Town. There's the Islamic State area of uh, whatever city Bones is set in, but they don't usually come in because famously Muslims are scared of Dracula and his many forces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spooky town is spooky, but it's the only thing protecting us from ISIS. <laughs> yeah, better the guy in a devil costume you know than the guy in a devil costume you don't. <laughs> yeah, so just uh, like, it turns out, like, oh, God damn. it turns out that the uh, Hodgson says, well, "Yeah, they call us the Great Satan." <gasps> oh, so maybe he's calling us the Great Satan. Uh, Hodgson says, "Hey, you know, he's a he's a nice guy." And Cam says, "I know, but that doesn't mean that in his heart he doesn't look down on us." Do you want to work with someone who thinks you're the great Satan? Again, she is the lab's manager. Oh yeah, she's the she's the boss. I for yeah, it's probably important to say that. And uh, um, Hodgson says, um, "No, I don't want to be the great Satan in a very Seinfeldian line." Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to be a minor demon. Do you want me to talk to him? And she says, yes, but unfortunately, dopey interpersonal crap falls under my job description. Dopey interpersonal crap, like, you know, planting the Islamic State flag in this guy's belongings so he can finally get a nice white intern in here. This is fucking insane. And also, like, this... I'm sorry, but... This show is obviously made with some kind of arcane TV writing formula in mind where, you know, and that that's the reason for the, the tease of the supernatural, the reveal of the other thing, the timed reveal of each, like, clue and piece of information, like, one after another, after another, after another. And that's why scenes like this have to include those comedy beats to kind of keep the audience interested, I guess, and mm-hmm. being, being fed pellet after pellet of stimulation, whether that be oh, I knew it wasn't him, or oh, jeez, that's funny. Like, Arisu, even just, even just I don't us. have to feel bad about it. Yeah. I think that's, that's the big one in this case. It's, um, I like, I guess the thing that, that to me is particularly stunning about this is that she has completely invented this conflict. Yes. She has she has pressed this and, you know, turned it into a thing. And now she's saying, oh, dopey interpersonal crap like somebody else's faith that I've turned into a fucking thing at work. Um, so she she's complaining that she has to resolve the conflict that she invented. And... It's gonna get worse. I mean, kind of, it, it, if you want to do a little uh, sort of, you know, allegory for American intervention in the Middle East, uh, making things worse by trying to resolve a conflict that we invented couldn't really be any closer to the truth. True. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so we're back at the, we're back at Havenhurst for a minute. Philip, the patient who pretends to be a doctor is freaking out. He needs his special medicine from Floyd. It's probably some good stuff. Mm. We're back to the lab. It's time. To simulate nunchuck crime, you know we need. We need a, I think we need a, a stinger, uh, and we can make the handle this in future for uh, when they simulate the crime. Well, I should note here that Hodgins wheels in a crash test dummy to uh, simulate violence on, and this time it doesn't have a picture of his ex girlfriend's face stuck on it. Okay, like the previous episode. Uh, uh, his ex girlfriend, who he works with. Yes. Oh my God, cops famously known to not have any kind of uh, domestic violence uh, predilections. No major issues. Jesus no, Christ, like that dude. At all. Yep. Yeah. So uh, pretty good, right? 
So he says, uh, I've placed sensors in this dummy to register the impact of these nunchuck strikes. And then he bows to the crash test dummy and they immediately cue the loud Asian music. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hits himself in the face, but it turns out that Aristu's good at doing nunchucks and he is cool with them and he gets Middle Eastern guy music. Yeah, Aristu yeah. is... Well, so uh, they, mix the, they mix it with the pentatonic scale, actually. Yeah, they, they just... Uh, Remix Like chopsticks <laughs> um, This is the crazy thing Because this is just another example of them having like A brown character being like No 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 he's not scary He's cool By giving him like poochy skills mm-hmm. yes. And this is good Because yes. the, it's nice that the Muslim Is able to do the martial arts thing uh, Or as Hodgson says to him In disbelief What are you some kind of Persian ninja. Uh, Yeah, that's the other. That's the funny thing, you know. That's the comedy. In that case, they know they can't say Iranian because the show would be immediately pulled off the air following a letter writing campaign. They can only have brown people on the show if they come from countries that no longer exist. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And also who are very grateful about being in the United States. I'm so glad that I was able to come here from. Zaire. (laughs) So, um, so, you know, he looks at the results and it is time for a bit of... uh... Wild speculation as he looks at the, the, I guess, the mark generated from hitting this thing with a nunchuck one time by a Persian ninja. And he says the diameter of the weapon matches... But see, nunchucks swing on an axis because of the chain, mm, which Wikipedia. means the force increases exponentially along the length of the striking surface. Uh, so if Lloyd, the drug dealing nurse, killed Neil, the demonic schizophrenic, then this was not the weapon. Could this not be just like a fucking long pole that somebody got hit with? Mm-hmm. Could this not be a pool cue? Mm-hmm. Could this not be fucking anything? Perhaps a collapsible bow absolutely... stuff that uh, yes. one of the man's friends is proficient with. As he's, they've chosen their fucking Ninja Turtle loadouts. Just an absolutely ridiculous explanation to me of, of why this particular thing gets ruled out and something else doesn't. It's fucking stupid. Uh, we're back. We're back at the fucking sanitarium. And Sweets is trying to talk to Philip, this patient who thinks he's a doctor. Uh, he has some kind of secret, but he will not divulge it due to his uh, doctor-patient confidentiality that he believes that he has with the dead devil guy. And Sweets is like, damn, something mm-hmm. here that I'm yet to crack. But hey, it's time for Racism 3. Oh, more. They just keep it coming, huh? It's our third segment of racism. And this is how we resolve the racism. And this happens in a very Bones way. So... Aristu says, I have identified the cause of death, but first I would like to clarify something. After we talked about my beliefs, you were clearly upset. And Cam says, what? No. So she just lies about it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. She's been given a, she's been given like an, just a reasonable adult professional opportunity to clear the air about something. And she immediately lies to this guy's face. Uh, very nice. He says, uh, I feel that, you know, you could have construed before 
that I was like a Muslim referring to America as the great Satan. And she says, I'm not familiar with that phrase. Let's get back to work. Like a big lying piece of shit. But also mm. like I yep. am familiar enough with your American sicknesses that you will have taken this from my innocuous sentence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, 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 everything's fine. I would rather just go back to talking about you behind your back to the other employees. Mm. Yeah. You know, like I said, I was going to have to do, but, uh, you know, have now just refused to do given the opportunity to do so. Yes. So he says, uh, look, I love this country, which is what you have to say if you're a Muslim on TV in 2009. When I said I see the devil's face daily. You remember that I served as a translator in Iraq because apparently every extraneous character on this show has served in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one conflict. <laughs> the one you conflict that I there served, is. You know how I served as a member of the French Foreign Legion in support of the coup in Equatorial Guinea in 2004? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, 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 to be fair, uh, they were not involved there. You know how I served as a uh, Blackwater mercenary in the Australian People's Retribution Campaign against the emus after their humiliating loss? <laughs> I I feel like with this show that any given character could say, you remember how I served in Iraq with you? <laughs> um, <laughs> he says, uh, so he says, I served as a translator in Iraq. And okay, this is when by you the get way, uh, as far as we know, this has never come up before. Mm. He says, has, uh, we don't want to know. There's, there's, there's dramatic uh, big speech music happening behind this when he says, uh, normal day milk run to an outlying village to, wa- to talk about water and an IED took out our Humvee. Two dead, three wounded. I was the only one left conscious. I'm a translator. I use words. Thank you. But <laughs> thank you, writers. Yeah. But coming towards us with an AK-47, an insurgent. Thank you for using the designated language. He raised it, intending to finish us off. And Camp says, and that was the devil? And he says, this no, I shot, I shot this man in the heart. That devil, that evil, I saw it in his eyes, but it was in me too when I pulled that trigger. She says, hey, you were just defending your unit. And he says, this man lay dead at my feet. I searched his body for identification, which all insurgents carry on <laughs> for his insurgent his insurging license i asked to speak to his manager i could not find the details um, i got his al-qaeda issued id card (laughs) i found a photograph of him with his little boy his wife laughing a family tell me that the devil did not win on that day and sound like you won king you fucking domed him congrats brother (laughs) you're on your way to a kill streak Oh my god! <laughs> Call it so, an airstrike. Yeah. So, so the recurring plot line here is that the only type of B plot that Aristu gets to be involved with is that his co-workers all suspect him of being a fucking nefarious Muslim at regular intervals, and the resolution is always that he has to prove his loyalty to America, and that his own personal beliefs are not like. Uh, existing in a way that might make some of his fucking white co-workers uncomfortable and then no one ever has to learn a lesson from it he just has to be like i love america and i did her favors and i yeah. killed some fucking terrorist to help them out but also i understand why you, why me you so suspect much. me and you are right to do it but so yes. you know <laughs> i have served in the righteous war against unidentified insurgents who were angry at me for no one knows why I have my I, official. I have my official one of the good ones card. <laughs> yes. 
God damn. It's just fucking ridiculous. And of course, you know, like this is the thing that happens over and over again in this show, which is that they introduce a conflict and you would think maybe on a normal show, maybe on a better written show, maybe on a show where they were given more than 45 minutes to produce an episode that like the resolution would be one of the characters saying to another, I'm sorry. I misjudged you, I, I leapt to conclusions, you know, my prejudices informed the way that I felt about you without listening to what you really had to say. But instead, Cam just goes, yeah, I did know what the great Satan meant. And he goes, I know. And that's, that's it. That's the fucking resolution is that the manager of the office who has like orchestrated a campaign of whispers against a Muslim employee wraps it up by saying I, yeah I did know about it the whole time I suspected you of thinking <laughs> was, I was the devil it was me I suspected it I've uh, oh anyway the guy died from being electrified <laughs> that was the outcome of that fucking scene yeah um, I've just shared a link in the chat with you guys uh, just because uh, the reason that she uh, that he knew, he knows that she knew what the great Satan was was that um he reveals that he remembers when Dr. Hodgins came to work wearing a shirt that said, I am with the great Satan. And he and she had to tell him that was not appropriate work attire. Oh, boy. And he was there for that. And that was also fine. I'm, I'm assuming nobody spoke to him and said, hey, I'm really sorry about that thing that just happened. Instead, it's a it's a remembrance of comedy. Yeah, no, it was against the sleeves. It wasn't the messaging on the shirt. But yeah, there's a Zazzle store with a uh, I am with the great Satan shirt. Looks just gorgeous. Red text, black background. Uh, looks like it's firmly in the middle of that shirt. It's at $40. I, if, I had, if I had one piece of feedback. Lot? I think, well, if I had one piece of feedback about that shirt, uh, it would be, I, I don't know if they're going for funny, uh, with the shirt. I would definitely just do it in the traditional format of the I'm with stupid shirt. Yes. Of like, uh, you know, white shirt, big text, arrow pointing sideways to a person who is hopefully standing next to you. Mm. And it's hopefully the great Satan. Otherwise, ideally, you have messed up my friend. <laughs> yeah. Now, unfortunately, there are only six minutes left in this episode, which means we have to think of something to do with this plot. <laughs> uh, so they say, hey, this guy got electrocuted. He couldn't have been electrocuted by any of the electroshock stuff. Uh, well, hmm, what else can you get electrocuted by? Googling, Googling, searching on Wikipedia. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I've searched for a Bones TV show on Zazzle. Oh, my God. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, you can buy a shirt for £30.40 that just says, I don't know what that means, but in Halloween font, um, Fuck. which is apparently Bones's catchphrase. Holy yes, on the Bones shit. Wikipedia, there is an entire category of things entitled, I don't know what that means. And that is for the trope of all the times that someone says something very normal to Bones and she doesn't uh -huh. understand it because she is I've just posted also, the longest get... link in the world in the chat, but it's for the Bones TV series 15th anniversary actor's signature thank you shirt. <sighs> Wish.com. Okay. Wish.com. Shopping yep. made fun. I kind of I want to It looks it. really good, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, oh, you got I the new Bones strip? Shirt also. It looks great. I, 
like oh, 2020 damn okay <laughs> okay david okay. Morales looks really upset to be holding it that's, yeah, that's he, good stuff he, he looks way puffier than he does like in real life well uh, it is 2020 I'm, okay well um it's time for us to buy this shirt um i, I, I don't know where else we can go from well. this Sorry, we should get back to the show. I'm so sorry. sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. sorry. We just need a whole batch of them, I think. It's so good, man. um, However, we have the six minutes of show left. We do. We have six minutes of quote-unquote plot. And so so they find out that there is like a, a, a generator or a fucking big transformer or whatever down in the basement. There was also another throwaway line very early in the episode about how... Uh, the devil guy would sneak away and hide in quote nooks and crannies mm. so they have a look down in the basement they find a hidey hole uh with like oh hey drug paraphernalia he was definitely here there's also burnt flesh on a transformer and blood on a pipe uh and also a scary hellraiser written in blood welcome to hell thing on the wall which basically just seems to be atmosphere also, mm. just quickly, they're treating their, um, I'm not sure what the term is, patients, kind of like someone with an outside cat, huh? Yeah. Like, they're just like, hey, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. Long- like, but uh, even, they even within- They do literally the- say, yeah. they do literally say about the patient earlier in the episode, he, he finds nooks and crannies and stuff to hide in, but then he comes back when he's hungry. <laughs> Yeah, we put out a big saucer of SSRIs and he comes back to lap them up with his tongue. (laughs) Also, like, he's just going to be, like, painting Welcome to Hell on the... He's like, hmm, I'm going to paint Welcome to Hell in my uh, mental hospital heroin den. Yep. Uh, Or And this is going to really freak out any cops that come by if they do. (laughs) Or maybe this is just... Maybe it's, like, a zoning requirement in Spooky Town that you have to do stuff like paint welcome to hell on your wall. Yeah, yeah. Probably. They had to put they had to fix that in there somewhere because Spooky Town does require certain foreboding things to be written up in at least X amount of rooms. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, this isn't up to Spooky Town building code. Uh you have um you have not included enough gargoyles on the side <laughs> of your building. Uh you will have to of course paint a uh a, a skeleton jumping out of a uh, coffin on the side of the building as well. And I've noticed this door has not creak at all. Yeah. You will need to uh dry up the hinges for me. One of the surveyors okay, so- like walking around just banging on walls. I don't know how any blood is going to flow down this thing in an intimidating fashion, so uh, we're going to need to pretty much take all of this down. Hey, look up on that cathedral. It's a gabagoyle. <laughs> okay, so now it's Italian <laughs> spooky guy. It's yeah. Italian spooky guy. This is, yeah. this is right on the border. Cop Town has begun gentrifying Spooky Town. Ooh, no, yeah. no, I know. My le- my mama, she's from Spooky Town. But my dad, well, he's yeah. from Cop Town. So uh, I want to suck your time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we are. Well, sorry, sorry we- my, my mom's from Spooky Town and my dad's from Cop Town. <laughs> I find my perps in the graveyard. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we got there. We got to Bones Ninen. Oh my goodness. Okay. 
We we gotta do it. We gotta get the end of this episode. Finish this episode. My uh, my my dad's from Coptown and my mum's from Spooky Town. So when I beat a perp, I do it with a dark and stormy night stick. Fuck. <laughs> 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 and that's why we make podcasts, folks. God damn. Oh, that's why we do it. That's why we sit through episodes like last week's, is to do episodes like this one. That's right. We're back in the lab. Luckily, <sighs> Angela is doing another reconstruction of the electrocution with the Sims mod. <laughs> She's got fucking source filmmaker, like Gary's <laughs> mod shit. <laughs> Absolutely. You just, you, just, you just see, yeah, you get to see, um, Go- you get to see Gordon Freeman just ragdolling out of control. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, and the heavy from Team Fortress 2 is giving a thumbs up just out of frame. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. So uh, so she says, oh, he got electrocuted, but it didn't kill him. And they suspect that Philip, uh, the guy who thinks he's a doctor, administered drugs to him. And this I've just written here. Ah, a cry of anguish in my notes. They've said, hmm, he would have only been electrocuted if he wasn't wearing his rubber-soled boots when he died, which also would have meant that heroin could be injected conveniently between his toes. So Bone says, hey, Angela, can you pull up a photo of Neil's boots when they were found on the remains? And she says, sure thing. Let me zoom in there. And Bone says, Neil was left-handed. He didn't tie these shoes. Sweet says, how can you tell? And she says, well, a left-handed person double knotting, the second knot would loop behind, and this one knots in front. I'm going to take this to a judge. Imagine trying to use this as evidence. But also, like, this this, this is the second episode we've had this season where, like, the main breakthrough clue is just, like, because in the one where they solved the JFK assassination, they were like, hang on a second, let's take a close look at the body, and it's, like, minute 44, and they solve it by just looking at the body. They go, oh, yeah, there's a big fucking hole in the head. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then this one, they're like, wait a minute, let's solve this crime by taking a close look at the body. By the way, Tom, you did hear me correctly when I said solve the JFK assassination. I'm so glad I didn't want to, I didn't want to eat into your time. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They did solve the JFK assassination. It's true. So, now that they have this airtight evidence, uh, they decide to rerun the simulation without the boots, which renders (laughs) instantly. So, so I imagine Angela just types... uh, Again, you know what this is? This is the... um, Her relationship with her computer is the same as Paul Rudd's relationship with his computer in um, the Tim and Eric sketch where he's just running simulations of himself dancing and he asks for a nude Tane. She's just like, um, can I have a bootless uh, devil man, please? And yeah, she just, type, she just types in, same thing, no boots. Yeah, pulling it's, up the it's, mod it's, manager, reordering it, removing boots <laughs> the, like from the fucking, I don't know, dead guy Nexus mod man- manager that she's fucking bootlegged into making this shit. <laughs> Yep, oh, you don't yeah. have to you don't have to render anything, you don't have to do anything, it just appears instantly. Yep. And this time <laughs> Take shockingly, off the boots, please. <laughs> take off boots, please. Just got a huge it, stick suddenly. Oh, yeah, sometimes that'll happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, that's uh, Check, please. Uh, sorry, I have that set for my uh, at-home setting. And, of course... Uh, Where this, I live in Comptown. Of course this... <laughs> Oh, sorry. This then 
uh, plays out exactly like the real electrocution. And we just need one more little thing to put, Cop -town a, put IT. a fucking bow on this. Coptown IT? Like, uh, oh no, I don't know what happened. I lost power on my computer. I saw a black screen. Before I know it, instincts kick in. I've put six bullets through the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared for my life and those of my fellow officers. It's just like, sorry, Coptown family, just like, uh, just like, Officer Son, please practically <laughs> consume your cereal before uh, going to police academy, which is what we call school in Coptown. Uh, Officer Wife, uh, permission to say that I love you and value you. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, tactically ascertain a uh, feeling of uh, compassion in my heart. Uh, when I uh, do uh, detect a love-style emotion uh, for you. <laughs> An officer-involved kissing is about to occur uh, on your cheek and areas adjacent to... <laughs> Coptown IT reports another officer-involved rebooting. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andrew desperately wants to finish this. <laughs> <laughs> just keep being like, Duh, what if cops were family cops? It is so funny. It's so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've decided. Oh, there was, there was, wait, wait, wait. There was one other aspect to this. Time right? to watch they Kindergarten say, Cop, or as we call it, normal school. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm, that's the oh, last damn. one. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's hard once you're once you're in there, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so, so there was one other aspect to this, like right, with this the stupid um, fucking evidence, quote unquote evidence, which is that they said I was trying to figure this out. Right, they say this guy was left-handed, which means he didn't tie these shoes. Yeah, a left-handed person, blah blah blah, and then they say. Oh, but actually, they were tied from the front by someone who was putting his shoes back on, like they were treating him like a baby. This is... But that person was also left-handed, which was why it was backwards again. And, like, <laughs> why couldn't that person have been right-handed? I don't... Uh, because so they've, they're, they've, because look, they've, they've taken that conclusion... Written. They've already written for 40 minutes. They only have five minutes left to keep writing. They have to do something. And they say, hey, that person also probably left their DNA on the laces. And then the screenwriters just dusted off their hands yep. and went out for lunch. Well, they definitely would have licked those shoelaces clean after they got done tying them. Because as we all know, we're all addicted to feet, right? Everyone's nodding. Mm, well, uh, so yeah, duh, of course. I, I imagine that, like... DNA really stays on nylon shoelaces well after being doused in motor oil instead of like <laughs> Yeah, that was a fire. It yeah, was so all he, fucking on fire. Like the whole he the was killed, thing. He was, he, the murderer turned out to be a tardigrade which can survive on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems that the killer was the fire all along cuz that's the only thing we have evidence of on these awful shoes. So we decide that we have to finish the episode and then we cut back to the FBI where they are interviewing dead devil guy's mum and they say, ah, oh, it was his brother who killed him. It is. <laughs> yep. So there's, and I'm, sh I'm sure you're going to get to this, Andrew, but there is one of the craziest moments in serialized fiction here that I've seen at least, which is when mm -hmm. they're like, 
and burning him on the altar. And one of the guys is just like, well, we all get angry at God sometimes. Yep. So yep. that means that getting away from everything else, this guy hit his brother with a pipe, then mm-hmm. put his brother in presumably the back of a spacious Toyota, uh-huh. was able to drive to the church and gain access to the church, not through violent means, because yep. there was no damage to the place, and then get enough motor yeah, oil, assu- presumably because of the gorgeous fuel economy on the aforementioned Toyota, there was enough motor oil left to uh, burn the boy. Uh-huh. All, and that all happened. And then he got away without leaving a trace, yes, except for the shoelaces. Yes, shoelaces except, the for, only trace except for the yeah. DNA-coded shoelaces. <laughs> okay, no, whatever yeah. I do, I've got my shoelaces in my right hand and all my DNA in my left hand. So, and whatever so I do, I don't want to mix them up. So he's Coptown. He's a Coptown brother. Oh, my God. He the Coptown accent. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It's my one voice now. <laughs> I've spent a bit of time in Coptown. Have I come back with an accent? I don't know. It comes on. <laughs> no, I know. I summoned in Coptown as a kid, so when I get drunk, my accent goes Coptown. <laughs> uh, I did write Tom in in answer to that. So, so there's the, like they don't even do the arrest on screen. What normally happens in this show is that they do the whole episode and then at the end they just turn around and point to some character that they encountered at some point and say did you do the murder (laughs) and they said i thought you'd never ask um the rule of bones is that if a character is asked if they did the murder they have to answer yes if they did yeah it's reverse cop town law (laughs) in in cop town the cops make the laws so instead of you having to tell the truth if someone asks if you're a cop, now someone has to tell the truth if you ask if they're a criminal. Well, yeah, it's intri- it's a it's cop town entrapment. If you ask if you're a criminal, they have to tell you. They have to tell you. They have to be honest. Yeah. And in this particular instance, instead, um, like I don't just just fucking punishing stuff they have the they have the brother just on the camera yep. like on 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 a monitor in the background clearly being interviewed um so this is one of a few times that they got to the end of the episode and they didn't even bother like making the final arrest on screen someone just announces to the show we got him yeah that thing that we started with that's over now that resolved itself uh so so the, oh, that the murder? Mom- oh don't worry about that murder let's go to one of the three restaurants that exist <laughs> Mum's talking to Mum's talking to Sweets, and she says Gabe loved his brother. Why would he do such a thing? And Sweets says once again in a way that will absolutely hold up in a court. We know that Gabe went to visit Neil the night he disappeared. We believe there was another patient named Philip who told Gabe about Neil's hideout in the basement. Don't have any evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Gabe found Neil shooting up heroin. Gabe struck Neil with a pipe. Neil fell back into a transformer and was electrocuted. But the church? Oh, I have written down on the altar. That's just the way. We all become angry at God sometimes, Mrs. Lowry. And then I've written screenwriter dusting hands off. I was going to say, sorry, that's the way that that's the way that Frank Reynolds is killed, and it's always Sunny in Philadelphia's version of Lethal Weapon Five. (laughs) He gets he gets punched and then stumbles backwards into a generator and is electrocuted. And that's that's what this one is doing. But that's that's the the style of death that this uh, serious show is doing seriously. God Almighty! Uh, so, sorry, and then, I, uh, I, 
I, I, I skipped over your reading of the of the line. I think oh, there's some lag. It's it's exactly what Tom was saying. We all become angry at God sometimes. <laughs> I don't know why the brother was angry at God. He was oh, just like, Andrew, yeah, my brother is schizophrenic. Just I one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, New Metal Town. Uh, I can tell you why, uh, which is that um, they had an idea to do a demon. Uh, what if it's a demon? episode and then they worked backwards from that and then they sort of tied up 50% of the threads and then we're like well that's the majority of the threads time time for another commercial break and to get back into our spacious comfortable fuel efficient toyotas cuz i don't, I, don't I can't remember if we went over this or not but the episode kind of started with the idea that the, oh, this guy neil his story started when he had a vestigial tail which is a real thing. So obviously the, and then he, they, like, he like left it on long enough because he was like, I like it and I'm marked by God to be the devil or whatever. I've really come around to it. Yeah, actually, you know what? It's really grown on me. Literally, I have a tail. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously this is like someone at Bones being like, human tail real? <laughs> yeah, so what at Bones's uh, Twitter handle is just human tail real and it's pictures of people with human tails. Yeah. It's written uh, human tail real? Uh skull horns real? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Fake fake bones? Real. Uh, oh. Skull skull fake bones. Uh possible to summon a demon. Uh symptoms of schizophrenia. Uh, Cop Town. Yeah, similar similar to, like, the uh, wonderful reconstructions they do on the show. I am certain that you could piece together 90% accuracy the Google search history of the people involved in writing Bones. Pretty much. And the episode is wrapped up with uh, Booth and Bones sitting in fucking Founding Fathers, the pub they go to in Washington. And uh, they have a absolute dog shit conversation about believing in things and faith. Uh. And then the episode just kind of ends. One of them says, I believe in things. And the other one says, I don't, except for when I do. And that makes me feel better. Uh. And then the episode ends. So, Tom, do you feel like you've lost like 3% of your brain capacity? Yeah. I feel like I've held my breath for a very long time and stood up real fast. That's that's the that's what bones evokes in me. Genuinely finding out that uh, Emily Deschanel's character is called Bones, that threw me for a mm-hmm. fucking loop, but I was able to stabilize. Then finding out that Bones is a nickname and not her last name and her real name is Temperance Barrett threw Rene. me uh, there, I there is... I'm yet to recover. How about how about the moment in this where she says uh temperance brennan but temperance is fine and the person says beautiful name yeah very and good then she says uh, and then she says a name you probably won't be familiar with in this place where everyone is uh, hopped up on mind-altering substances referring to the asylum so she's a doctor but she's also uh, I, anyway fucking mm-hmm. let's go back to talking about cop town the town where crime is illegal <laughs> What if there was one night a year where crime is illegal? <laughs> the cops all just have to stay home and they don't know what to do. Oh my god. <laughs> oh damn it. Uh, it's, it's, it's the greatest fear uh, that a cop would have if they outlaw crime and cops would have nothing to do. <laughs> well- <laughs> Crime is legal because it provides essential service. 
It provides so much employment for the cops and not to mention the people yeah. involved in the crime itself. Yeah, God if you outlaw me. crime, you remove an entire sector of the economy, including people designed to police crime. What the fuck? Coptown is actually moving away from crime and towards tourism as a uh, major source of revenue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, co- fellas, fellas, this is officially the longest Barney Island that we've, <laughs> we've ever done. I think it's because Tom and I can't stop talking about Cuffdown! Cuffdown and Spooky Town, baby! (laughs) It's like when you start an RPG and they offer you two different starting locations. And it's obvious you will end up traveling to the other one at some point. Absolutely, yeah. They didn't put all that Spooky Town in the game for nothing. (laughs) And it turns out that the real enemy has to unite Cop Town and Spooky Town. Oh my god. God. Okay. This is is perilously close to the plot of the Netflix film Bright. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Episode title, uh, Cop Town versus Spooky Town. I think that's got to be what it is. Have, um, I'm assuming you've seen Bright. Brother, you know I have. There's because there's fairies all, in that. Yeah, one. fairy lives matter. Yeah, the the b- greatest piece Jesus of writing Christ. you've ever seen in the oh, world. Oh fuck! It was oh, going to be Max do- Landis's Star Wars, if well made. Uh, I mean, there there is an argument, right? That um, like a little. I mean, apart the kimono a little bit here in an hour and forty seven <laughs> minutes. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've talked about what we do after sort of season five of Bones finishes, and I don't think that especially like as lockdown eases and our jobs begin to be something we go back to, we can continue doing another weekly hour long, well, <laughs> hour and a half or more long podcast with a forty five minutes at least of prep work to it. So we've been wondering what do we do after this because we really like the concept i think maybe the movie bright might be a fun one i i i think i think individual movies that are yeah. absolutely absurd and that would be right up there and tom you might have to come back oh to be a when thrill doing that anything cop town adjacent cop please yes cop town spooky town too <laughs> so tom Tom, where can people find you and see see your business? Uh, you can find me in um, uh, the second hour of this podcast where we'll be going into the <laughs> cinematic universe that we're crafting. Uh, stick around <laughs> for the 20 minutes of admin in between. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've got a podcast uh, with my wonderful girlfriend, Demi Lardner. It's, just, it's genuinely just me finding the dumbest shit I can find on the internet. You guys had an episode on Buddha Vista recently where you talk about sex dolls. I have a deep knowledge of the sex dolls subreddit. Um, and also oh, the oh, auto. Oh, that's right. You're going to come on and talk so, about the sex dolls. Eh? Excuse me. Have you seen the sex doll comedian? Yes, I have indeed. <laughs> yeah. As a result <laughs> of <laughs> thank God for the go off kings, I believe who are watching yeah. him, or yeah. maybe Chapo. But yeah, incredible shit. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. God damn. Um, yeah, so uh, can, big soft so, titty so PNG is the, the name podcast. of the podcast, Tom? It's, it's, what's the name of the podcast? It's, it's a rough sell, but it is called Big Soft Titty PNG. No spaces. Uh-huh. Uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, I s- is it one T or two T's in titty? It's- there's three. Wait, no. There's three T's in titty. Oh, okay, so oh, t- t- titty spelled regular style. Y- okay. Regular uh-huh. style, baby. Yeah. Is the dot a dot or is it the it's word period? D-O-T? It's a period. Okay. Okay. Man, your podcast is hard to find when you say the name. Man, huh? we we made we <laughs> we made the name when we were both drunk at like fucking three a.m. and it is. Every time I, I'm like, you know what? This is literally the worst optimized name we could have possibly come up with. And also, my don't, name don't. is shared by four people, all more famous than me. <laughs> so, 
Uh, and I'd stream. Oh, don't worry, I'm going to keep telling people about Bunta Vista. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, people don't love worry. to hear about I'm going to have to keep telling British people about Trash Future, a podcast that uses a name, uh, one of the words that uh, doesn't use not used here. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. There is so, no. It's it's like um, I remember having this conversation with someone recently and saying it's like band names. There is no, there is no good name that you like there's no name that you're going to enjoy saying to other people 600,000 times yeah there just isn't uh, that's right. why I think it, like a band name unfortunately the easiest thing you can do is just pick something very quickly and resign yourself to being unhappy about it for the rest of your life I agree um, yeah yeah, I'm over there, and you can also watch me stream over at twitch.tv slash TomWalkerIsGood. I'm, I'm, all my fucking handles are TomWalkerIsGood, which is a um, function of me at the time I was making my first handle, being a pro wrestling fan and liking Mick Foley's Mick Foley is Good thing, and also the fact that, again, um, there's so many fucking Tom Walkers out there, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also see Tom's uh, special on Amazon, Very Very, oh, yeah. which is... Very, very funny. Or if you have access to um, Andrew's Plex server, as I recently have gotten, it's uh, also on there. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thoroughly support. I did give you money for it, though, to be fair. Yeah, but like fucking pirate it. I don't give a shit. Fuck Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited that I'm going to be able to watch it on Andrew's Plex server. Like how I watch the Venture Brothers pausing every 10 minutes because it takes so long to get to Britain. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, uh, that's it, folks. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Thank you for being with us. Thank you for doing almost two hours of a 40-minute episode of Bones. It's yeah, been a fucking thanks for talking joy. About a, thanks for talking about an, an episode of, of, of television uh, for the length of a feature-length film. This, I genuinely... <laughs> I genuinely think we could have gone long. Like, we, we, both, we all know we could have gone so much longer. Oh, absolutely. But Jesus Christ. What a fucking Just... show, dude. What a show! Oh. What a show! I mean, this was great. It was a, This was this was a tour. This was a, a a victory lap. You know. Yeah. This was great. This was a great episode. As I put it to Tom when we were talking about it before, uh, immediately after he had watched it, um, I was saying it is somehow offensive to multiple religions and atheists and martial arts practitioners and psychiatrists and mentally ill people. Uh, pretty much, pretty much everybody gets a just a dog shit shake out of this episode, yeah. and that's what we like to see. What was that guy driving off to? That he turned up for his job at the, um, as they say in the show, loony bin, uh, and mm-hmm. was like, oh, "I'll keep the nunchucks and swords in the back." Just chuck them in. You know what? I've got to it's cop town. You got to be careful. Yeah, you're right. I've got my shift at the vigilante factory right after this. I mean, he he was making out like he was truly dedicated to the principles of martial arts, but I think a true disciple of martial arts wouldn't have their their katana just rattling around in the tray of the ute, you know? Yeah, we'd have it mounted on his back like Geralt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or like, um, <laughs> I'd have like you know the gun racks that they put in the <laughs> in the cabin of trucks. Yeah. Uh huh. Just one of those with a nice big katana on. It would rule it. to just have in it case. built into the gear stick, so you can like shing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in case Bill Shorten comes for your ute to take away the weekend. <laughs> ah, Get away from my ute. There's a new Australian on the call. <laughs> R- rack off, Bill. <laughs> Get away from me, ute. Oh, man. Oh, wow. What? I think I might pop down to Dave and Buster's in a little while. 
I might drive my Camaro to Dave and Buster. Oh, I'm wondering about purchasing a new Range Rover on credit, of course. <laughs> Range Rover. Range Rover. I want a new Range Rover. Oh. Hello, is this the place where I can buy a Jeep? <laughs> This oh oh this is only my good time Chevrolet. I'm looking oh, for your God. softest oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> oh why? Uh, I'll have a rum and raisin scoop in my waffle cone, please. God damn it! All right, <laughs> all right, all right I'm, I'm gonna end it. I'm pulling okay, bye, the plug. <laughs> Goodbye. Cop town forever. You, Cop town forever. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> See you next week or whenever we do another one of these. Who knows? It's Bye, next everybody. week on the same day.